This program has been paid for all or in part by the host, and KSEV is not responsible for its content and or products or services offered. Welcome to Frankly Talking every Friday at 6 p.m. Here at 700 a.m. KSEV, the voice of Texas. Like and follow Frank on Facebook.com slash Frankly Talking. Here is your host, Frank Spagnoletti. Okay, here we are. Here we are, man. It's Friday night, and we're joining together with the Who, and we're joining together because we got no other place to go. The country's locked down. Apparently, the capital's locked down, and it's only we the people, and that's who's here tonight. Tonight, we're going to have this show, and I'm, uh, I'm back from Jackson Hole, and uh, I met a lot of interesting folks up there, including the guest I'm going to have on that I had on last week, Frank from Tennessee. He's going to be on the line in a few minutes. Is, and, uh, is he on? Frank, you on? Frank? Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Frank. Say hello to everybody. That's Frank from Tennessee. He's going to be on tonight. We got Francis Riley, and uh, we need to talk about some things. I, I wanted to start 2021 off with a you know more upbeat uh, prognosis, but it looks like we're still in the battle, both uh, uh, literally and uh, figuratively and uh, philosophically and every other way you can think about. Let's get serious here. You know, I thought about all this, and I, I reflected on life, and I, I tend to make things simple. My uh, grandfather on my mother's side was a, a, a pipe fitter and a boiler maker on, in a shipyard. And the one thing that he taught me was uh, that uh, in a boiler, you build up pressure, or any kind of pressure valve. My friend here, Francis Riley, was in the valve business. You build up pressure. And now if there's no release of that pressure, the boiler explodes. The pipes explode. And that is exactly, I want you to reflect on this, and you can call us at 281-558-5738. We're going to be talking for a while, and then we're going to get into the show. But that's exactly what's going on in our country. For the last 20 years, ladies and gentlemen, if I can still use the words, ladies and gentlemen, since we're not in the Congress, they can't use those words. I don't know what words they're going to use to refer to each other except idiots. Uh, but but, but uh, I must say that, that, that uh, ladies and gentlemen, for the last 20 years in our country, we have been building up this pressure. And you ask me, why is that, Frank? Why is it in the last 20 years we've been building up this pressure? Well, let's go through it a little bit. We started off with NAFTA. What did NAFTA do? We that we we'll just use that as a starting point, okay? That was the beginning of the very beginning in some ways, although it started before that of this globalization. And what did that what does that mean, globalization? What it means is exporting our jobs. Because I talked about this on a number of different shows about how we we're going to have money centers, resource centers. It's the way they want to set up the the world. Money center, resource centers, and labor centers. And the United States of America is a money center. So if you ain't in the money business, you ain't in the center anymore in the United States of America. It's the money center that all they want to be. So what happened? They closed our auto factories, moved them to Mexico. They closed our clothing businesses, and they moved those to India, or they moved those to China. They closed our different manufacturing businesses because we have a capitalist country, 
We made it too expensive for people to be here, and we exported those jobs over years. These were jobs that gave American men and women dignity, and that dignity had been taken away from them. You talk about systematic racism. This is systematic destruction of the country for no matter what your race is. Any color, any color, any any nationality, any religion, any non-religion. This is the systematic destruction of the United States of America. And you say, Frank, you're being too extreme. No, I'm not. Look at the history. I'm sorry. I'm a, I'm a history buff and a history major. When when I was in college, it was when I thought I knew something. Now I don't. Now I know. I don't know much, but I do know this. And what I do know is that they have systematically destroyed our country by beginning with taking away the jobs that made American men and women and families have dignity. They, systematically, they, these factories were closed. Systematically, these jobs were exported. On and on and on. It destroyed our small towns. It destroyed our cities. It destroyed Michigan. It turned Michigan and Detroit into the into Detroit into the hellhole that it is today. I mean, I, I love I love Michiganians. I love the people in the state, but basically, by the exporting of that auto business, it basically destroyed that country in Flint and other places for years. And I don't care whether you're a union man or you're not a union man or a union woman or not a union woman. You're work, you, there's no, no distinction here. We're talking about working men, working women. And, and these, peop, these folks had dignity in their jobs, and it was taken away from them over time to the point where their towns were hollowed out. The factories were closed. The jobs were exported. The money was gone. They, you know, if they could get a job at McDonald's, which is a fine job if that's what you want to do, but, but, but it's not what they wanted to do. They wanted to build cars or they wanted to make clothes in, in, in the Carolinas or other places or in New York City, in the Garment District or any other of these places. These were places where people made things. These things were sold in America. They were made in America. And this went on for years, this systematic destruction of the manufacturing base of the United States of America. And then we get to the point, ratchet forward in time. And I'm going to take you through it quickly. So we go through different t stages, okay? We get to the point where we say, oh, well, you know, because of the environment and this, all this, we don't need coal jobs. So Hillary Clinton goes down to West Virginia, by the way, it was West Virginia that put John F. Kennedy into the White House. But the point is, Hillary goes down there, disavows those voters, and basically says we're not going to be in the coal business anymore. Although clean coal works just fine. And we got a lot of it, and God bless the people of West Virginia for sticking to it. And then we go further. Let's ratchet up a little further into the present. And then we go into the present. I'm, I'm just talking now about economics. I'm not going to I'm going to go into a few other things in a minute. But the next thing we go, let's just ratchet forward to the, to the somewhat to the present. Green New Deal. We hear this mantra over the last three or four years. Green New Deal. We got some upstart politician uh, in, in, in New York City. Green New Deal. Woman was a bartender. And I'm not knocking what her background was, but now she's going to tell us how we're going to run the world. Green New Deal. Let's do away with fossil fuels. I'm sorry. Now, let's destroy another industry. Let's destroy the oil business. Let's destroy Texas. 
Let's destroy Oklahoma. Let's destroy uh, the Bakken up up in Idaho. Let's destroy. Let's destroy. Let's destroy. Let's destroy Pennsylvania. Let's destroy Ohio. Let's destroy these businesses, these industries, which give men and women an opportunity to have families, provide for their families, not to be on the government uh, take. Not to ask for handouts because of uh, they want to work for the government. All they want is the dignity of work. You talk about privilege, white privilege. Many of these people are white. And, and they basically are not t- asking for privilege except for work privilege. Many of these people are black. They're not asking for any privilege of black privilege in terms of affirmative action or anything else. All they want is the opportunity to have jobs, to earn for themselves, and earn for their families. And we, by our government policies, have allowed this to be systematically taken away. Okay, let's switch subjects. Let's talk about culture. What have we done culturally? We're going to a break, and then I'm going to come back to you. If you have calls, 281-558-5738. I promise we'll take them, but I got to get this off my chest. And I got to talk to you next about culture, and then I'm going to talk to you about the mealy mouth politicians from both parties. So here we go. We'll listen to the music, and uh, we'll come back to you after the break. United We Stand, AM 700 KSEV, the voice of Texas. If you're looking to sell or buy a home and in need of the best realtors out there, look no further than the Matthews team at REMAX Legends. Ronnie and Kathy Matthews have instilled in each and every team member their hard work and honest values, and believe me, it's paid off. They truly know the Houston market and what it takes to get a home sold quickly at top dollar and how to get the best deal possible for your home purchase. They're employee-owned, they care about their clients, and they always go the extra mile to ensure that each sale and purchase is seamless and smooth. The Matthews team, the number one REMAX team in Texas and have been for over two decades. Call the Matthews team at 281-440-7900 or see for yourself and go online at Ronnie and Kathy.com. That's Kathy with a C. RonnieandKathy.com. They sell over 900 homes a year and they know every inch of the buying and selling market in Houston. Call the Matthews team. I chose them as my realtor. The Matthews team and Remax Legends, your realtor for life. 281-440-7900. That's 281-440-7900. Or see for yourself and go online at RonnieandKathy.com. That's Kathy with a C. RonnieandKathy.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend the American way of life. Since 1775, wherever the mission takes us, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for our nation, for us all. The few, the proud, the Marines. Uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Dan, welcome back to the Brian Kilmeade Show. Hey, it's great to be with you, Brian, and we're honored to have you on KSEV AM 700 in Houston. Governor, so many people sit outside border states and want to tell us what you think. The polls show Texas is about 50-50 on building a wall. Uh, where do you stand? I'm all in because I know the fact, and I know it's not a manufactured crisis. It's a manufactured cover-up by Pelosi and the Democrats. The Brian Kilmeade Radio Show, every weekday morning from 9 to 11 on AM 700 KSEV. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. 
Bucks. Mama's got a squeeze, but she wears on her chest. When daddy comes home, he never gets no rest. Cause she's playing all night. And the music's all right. Mama's got a squeeze, but daddy never sleeps at night. Okay, here we go. Let's talk. Let's talk, Steve. We're gonna talk. Let me, I got I got some calls lining up, and uh, and uh, uh, we got uh, Frank from Tennessee hanging on, and we got uh, Frank uh, Francis Riley here, and we got Lisa on line one. But I'm not gonna take your call yet, Lisa. Let me finish what I'm talking about, and then we can talk about whatever everybody wants to talk about. Let me tell you this. So then we go. Let's go. Uh, let's go culturally. Okay, what have we done to our country culturally? Well, we've taken the Pledge of Allegiance out of our schools. We've taken God out of everything. We can't mention it in public places. We can't, and, and if you don't believe in God, that's fine. Just say, I don't believe in God, that's fine. That's part of America. You have the right to do that as an American. Uh, still, you have the right to do that. Maybe you won't have the right to do that, say, I don't believe in God. If some other dictated kind of a regime that they're trying to put in place here says everybody's got to say God now. So you folks that don't believe in God, watch out. Because when they come for the God-fearing, they're going to come from the, for the God-less too until you believe in the God of the state alone. But let me just say this, okay? So we, we've taken God out of the schools. We've taken, we've taken our heroes out of our country. Now, look, I understand the Civil War was a controversial matter. I mean, controversial. It had all kinds of issues. It was basically about economics. I mean, Lincoln, Lincoln did, did free the slaves, and it was the right thing to do. But his decision was based on the war and manpower and economics. It was not based on just freeing the slaves for, the, for doing the right thing. But he did do the right thing. And he, he did it long before it became the norm in the rest of the world. The point is, that's part of our history. Those folks who fought, fought in the Civil War for the South, they're part of our history. Those folks who came before them, they're part of our history. And whether you like them or not, you learn from them. Why is it that in the Holocaust museums, they don't try to hide the fact that what Hitler did to the Jews in the concentration camps? Because it's part of their history, and they want to remember that history. And, and why, is it, why is it that we are systematically destroying persons like Jefferson, with Washington, uh, we are, we are, we're tearing down statues, we're renaming military bases. So, we, so this, this is just generally what I'm talking about in terms of, in terms of you know, those kinds of tangible things. But what else are we doing? We, culturally, we're re-indoctrinating our country. We're telling people they have to go to school to learn how to be less white. What if we said that you have to go to school to learn how to be less black or yellow or red? What is the effect of all these things that are going on? The effect is that you're building up this huge amount of frustration and pressure in our country. And how is that pressure 
you know, including the garbage they're teaching our kids in school about how to rewrite history and not and not stand up for America. How is that pressure released? Well, along comes a guy named Donald Trump, most unlikely character. And he he comes along and he says all these things which have a ring about all these kinds of traditional things, including bringing back our manufacturing base. And people start to follow that. And they love that idea. And most of these folks are working people. And many of the people are Hispanic people. And a good number of people are, are black people or African Americans. And there's all and, and Asian Americans who came over here from Taiwan or Vietnam and other places in the world looking for freedom. Freedom of freedom of religion, freedom of family. And what happens? So he has this huge movement. Well, then realized well we can't have such a movement this movement is bad trump needs to go uh he stands up to the chinese when bringing back our manufacturing facilities and building up our energy businesses so that they are the best in the world making us independent from the middle east no longer subject to episodic wars trying to close down wars which have sacrificed many of our young men and women for nothing nothing for fighting for what we don't need to fight for resources. We have them. Well, let's destroy those resources that we have. So let's do that. All of these things are going on all simultaneously. And again, there's an attack on who? Donald Trump is the, the face of it because he was the president. But it's an attack on you. It's an attack on me. It's an attack on whether you're a Democrat or Republican or whatever you are. It's an attack on you. Because it's an attack on the way you live, it's an attack on your freedom, it's an attack on, on your family, it's an, and it's an attack on your generations to come. And so this attack, how are we supposed to let that steam out of that boiler I talked about at the beginning of the show? Well, normally there's a safety valve. And what's the safety valve in the United States of America? The safety valve is the vote. The safety valve is the right to vote. And so then we come up with an election, and, and I've never seen someone work harder at, try, at, at, at trying to get the word out, even after having been in a hospital with COVID, than this guy Trump. So he runs around the country. He gets out 75 million votes. But remember, we had the, we had the Chinese Wuhan virus, which basically allowed for mail-in voting. Jeez, I wonder if that was connected or by accident. What do you think? Anyway, we have that. That's, now we have mail-in balloting. So, always subject to corruption. Always subject to cheating. Always subject to all kinds of things. So we say, the Trump people say, oh, there was, there was cheating in the, in the election process. The Democrats say, oh, no, there wasn't any cheating. But all these irregularities occurred because of this new system of voting that occurred. But let's even assume... The non-Trumpers, the people who hate Trump, the people who voted for Biden are right. Okay? I don't think they're right. I think there was all that systematic gene. But let's assume they were right. How is that resolved? It's resolved through the ballot box. People don't trust the ballot box. Look at the shenanigans and the consent decree in Georgia and all that stuff. It's all been set up. Look at the Dominion voting machines, all the rest of it. It's, it I mean, you'd have to be an idiot not to accept this stuff. So what is the outlet? What relieves the pressure and that boiler of frustration that's built up for 20 years? The vote. Did anybody help us? Did anybody help us? 
Did anybody even acknowledge this? No, 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 none, none at all. Not at all that was this pressure relieved. The court system didn't have the nerve to consider the cases, but basically dismissed them on technicalities, which, as we all know, is in the eyes of the beholder. But none of the judges had the cojones to be able to make a decision or at least air the grievance. And if they, they aired the grievance and the evidence was presented and put out and we all looked at it and we said, we don't believe that evidence, there was a fair vote, fine. Pressure's released from that boiler. But it never happened. The court systems failed us completely. They, 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 they had no spine, none of them. In Wisconsin, they had no spine. Pennsylvania, they had no spine. Supreme Court, and it's really disturbing, had no spine. Even though the state of Texas stood up and tried to put some spine in them, they didn't have it. They just couldn't do it because they didn't want to get involved in being political because maybe some of the justices wanted to try to make themselves members of the club in Washington so that they weren't shunned at the parties or wherever. It wasn't legally based. And I know that the that while the law is not as strict. It's not as, as it's in the eye of the beholder or the judge who's making the decision, just like Solomon. So the bottom line here is the courts failed us, and our politicians. Yeah, what did they do? What did they do? A few of them stood up and said, "Well, okay, let's go have this. In it. let's we can't do it. That can't be heard through the court system. Let's do it through the political process." So they try to start a political process. Most Republicans, including uh, except for, uh, including John Cornyn in the state of Texas, didn't have the nerve to sign on to that. Oh, God, no, that's too dirty to do that. I'm sorry. It's a right that we have. Cruz signed on to do it. Hawley signed on to do it. Should be proud of these guys that signed on to do it because they had the nerve to stand up for their convictions. Some of the other senators, I mean, uh, and representatives, Tuberville and others, I can't remember them all. So then we have this process here in the political system. And what happens? Absolutely nothing. In Georgia, they wouldn't have a recount. I mean, when I say a recount, I mean a real recount of where the where the wrongful actions took place in the vote. In Michigan, they wouldn't do it, even though these state legislatures, when they woke up to the evidence, wanted to recall these so-called certifications, which were done. It, it just rushed through in the face of in the face of evidence in, in each of these states, including Nevada, Arizona. And I can go on. So what happens? The pressure builds up. The politicians don't allow anything. So then we have a Trump rally or a Trump march in Washington, D.C. What do you expect to happen where over 20 years people have been fighting for different things like like I just talked about? They see their culture uh, destroyed. They see their families destroyed. They see their way of life being destroyed. They see themselves being shamed because of the color of their skin. They see that they or non-color of their skin. They see themselves being shamed because they believe in God or they want to talk about God. They see themselves being humiliated over and over. these are these are the nameless, faceless backbone of America, and they see themselves being totally ostracized 
and marginalized by the process that's going on, and nobody, not the Republicans, Mitch McConnell, or all the rest of them, they not the Republicans, and they're at fault the worst, because these are principles they should be standing up for, not the Republicans, not the Democrats, nobody, not the court system, nobody. And so they have the rally in Washington, D.C., and then, and it was a peaceful rally, and how many Trump rallies have happened around the country over this last year? No violence. No violence. Why? Because people were going for the vote. People were going, going to want to think the vote was going to work for them. And if they lost the vote, fine. If there's a fair count and you lose the vote, fine. You go to trial like I do, and you got a jury, and you lose to the jury, but you had a fair day in court, hey, that's the system. That's the way it works. You live to fight another day. But when the deal's rigged, then you don't. And we'll be back in a couple. Frank from Tennessee, hang on. I'm almost done here, but I want all your thoughts. But I just have a few more comments, and then we're going to go forward. Okay, we're going to take a break. And Frank, Francis Riley, stand by. Lisa and Rusty, stay on the phone because I'm going to take your calls, and then we're going to go on forward. But I had to get this off my chest because I'm, I can't use the word. I'm really upset. Let me just say that. The other word, we began with a P. Start your mornings with the Chris Salcedo Show, 7 to 9 a.m. on AM 700 KSEV. So do you need a stair or work platform or scaffolding solution that is turnkey and easy to assemble? Do you need to get over, around, or under some equipment? You can avoid costly fabrication, engineering, and time delays with Erect-A-Step. Erect-A-Step is your simple stair solution made in the USA and OSHA compliant. Their patented prefabricated stair and platform system is modular and can be installed by anybody. All you need is a wrench. No need for special equipment, tools, or hot permits. Five in-stock components let you assemble Erect-A-Step to meet any configuration. Their customers love Erect-A-Step. It's a real solution that can be configured and installed fast. Get in touch with them today. Contact them today to claim your free safety consultation, custom field measurement, and their professionally designed solutions. Because it's in stock, you can order today and install it tomorrow. Go to simplestairs.com. Go to simplestairs.com to get a fast, detailed configuration that fits your specific needs today. This is the solution you've been looking for. Simplestairs.com. That's simplestairs.com. If doctors told us that we'd made a breakthrough on COVID-19, we would rejoice. We'd feel hope that we could live our lives again, get back to work, back to doing what we want. While masks are a ticket to that freedom. We can help protect others and save lives by covering our noses and mouths, which is how the virus mainly spreads. Until there's a vaccine, grab the breakthrough that's already here. When we're out, it's masks on. A message to help keep you safe. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Your smartphone is now your radio. All you need is a KSEV app. And with one click, you're listening to KSEV. Anytime, anywhere. No static, no boundaries. Go to the Android Marketplace or the iPhone App Store. Search KSEV. Select the KSEV app. It's free and it only takes a couple of minutes. Listen to KSEV. It's easy with the KSEV app. More details at KSEVradio.com. 
taking a look at the 59 East Tex Freeway coming inbound at Rankin. There's a two-car accident blocking the right lane and shoulder. They did clear that accident from the 45 North Freeway southbound at Rankin Road. Uh, that was blocking your center lane. Also recently cleared 610 West Loop northbound right before the 59 uh, Southwest Freeway. There was an accident blocking two center lanes, so you should start moving smooth through that area. That's a look at traffic. I'm Stephen K for KCV AM 700, the voice of Texas. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Join together. Here we are. Here we go. Let's go, Steve. Let's rock. Okay, enough of them. I want to talk. I'm cranked up here, Steve, and I need to get this off my chest, like I said. And, here, and what I'm saying, so I asked you, I asked you before the break, what are they to do? And I say they, I mean, what are we to do? What is America to do? What is 75 million people who don't have an answer and haven't been provided an outlet? You know, in the court, when I go to trial, I say to people, I say, this is a civil case. In a civil case, it's about money. It's about getting compensated. But in a personal injury case, it's about being compensated for injury. In the old days, we used to have an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. We'd go out and kill each other. But the court system was supposed to be a way under the law, under the law, in which people could be compensated for injuries, a death of a loved one or an injury to a person. They could be compensated. Well, our court system has failed us because they didn't have the nerve to stand up in view of the fight for the country. And so what are the people to do? So they have their rally in Washington, D.C., whether you believe in them or not. And many, some may have been Democrats, and some were Republicans, and some were just independents, and some were just patriots. And the bottom line is this. They go to Washington, D.C. They listen to it. They have no answer. The Electoral College is going to be determined by the, by the vote of the Congress and the Senate and the objections that were being made. And then all of a sudden, the explosion happens on Capitol Hill, which wasn't much of an explosion because I saw that they opened the gates to let the people, the people, the people into the people's house, the Capitol, and, and into, into the Congress to, oh, by the way, actually see what they were doing. Of course, they could all go in and see what they were doing when they were, you know, harping on some a social issue and, and an issue which was, uh, was of seriousness, but about Kavanaugh's sexual harassment when he was 17 years old. They let the people in the house. They let people all over the house. They let people in the elevators. But when they talk about the actual uh, result of an election for the president of the United States, no, they didn't let the people in the house. The people went in there on their own. Now, let's say this. I personally think that that was a rigged deal. You know why? Because at the beginning of January, the house, the houses of, um, sorry, the, the representatives in the various states were going to uh, go back, get back into legislative session, and they could have then tried to recall their vote. And the and and what was happening in Washington didn't need to be completed except for within like ten or eleven days, but instead. You have this uh, assault that takes place, and I'm against violence, and I, de- I deplore violence. But when you don't have a release for the pressure I've talked about that built up over 20 years, and you're, you think you're denied the vote, and you don't have a legal system that gives you a way to release the pressure, 
people explode, especially when they're incited to do so. Now, I don't know whether the Antifa inside of this, I have my own personal beliefs on that. I happen to believe that there were those kind of folks. I'm sure there were some nutbags that just wanted to create problems. And I'm sure there were very many legitimate citizens that wanted to just give their voice, give their voice, have their voice heard. And so there we are. And then we have this explosion. Of course, I'm not going to go into the hypocrisy that occurs with all the people talking on the other side and and talking about, oh, my God, this happened. Well, go ahead. Is anybody bailing out the people? You see Trump putting up the bail for anybody they arrested? Kamala Harris did when there were the riots. But those riots aren't the same. Well, they are kind of. The people died. Uh, uh, Madison Avenue was damaged. Macy's was damaged in New York. Minneapolis was on fire. Portland was on fire. But this is all in the name of something other than just saving the country, just saving the vote. The most precious vote in the world is a vote in the United States of America, and it's worth nothing now. Why? Because our politicians have failed us. Uh, our system has failed us. Now, let me just get into that for a second, then we're going to move on because i got to let other people talk. Here's a, here's a quote from our, our Representative Crenshaw, which I admire his service to the country, and I like him just like I like J.J. Watt. But, but I suggest to you, with all due respect, Mr. Crenshaw, Representative Crenshaw, think a little, my friend. You fought for the country. You said a quote, I heard you, uh, people in the capital are not our enemies. Really? Really? They're not our enemies when they want to destroy our country? They're not our enemies when they want to add states that don't that haven't really been considered in, in order to just gain an advantage like Washington DC and Puerto Rico? That's not our enemies. That's not our enemies. Uh, when they want to do away with the culture, that's not our enemies. When they want to reindoctrinate us, it's not our enemies. When they're doing business with the uh, Chinese Communist government, that's uh, and 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 basically then run for office and now are in power in office. Those are not our enemies. You, our troops and our our politicians are sworn to protect us from enemies, both foreign and domestic. So just because you fight in Afghanistan or you fight in Iraq, your job's not done. Your job's done when you fight the enemies in the United States, and those enemies are sitting next to you, many of them in chairs in, in, in our Congress and in our Senate. So fight. Now, let's talk about this. What about our legal system? They talk about this being insurrection. It's not an insurrection. We've already had an insurrection. We've had it when we were when we were uh, attacked by the Wuhan virus, and we had it when we had all the all the rioting in the streets. That's an insurrection. We had it when we teared down our our statues. We had it when we teared down our culture. We have it when we teared down our history. What we have now, my friends, and what you should understand, Mr. Politicians, is you're witnessing a counter revolution because you already had a revolution. You just thought everybody would go away. America's not like that. Americans aren't like that. They are not just going to go away. Twitter and Facebook, has it's absurd that they could shut down the president of the United States. They ought to be thrown out of the country. The hell with them. We, we, can, basically, we can basically use AM radio. 
We can use pirate radio. We can use a newspaper. We can read. We don't need Twitter and, and Facebook, and we don't need all these things. These were shoved down our throats just like fentanyl was shoved down our throats coming in from China and through Mexico to destroy our youth. Now it's destroying our country, these, 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 these gimmicks. And they've taken over editing us. So we don't need them. And the big disappointment was, and I like the man. He's a decent man, Vice President Pence. But they weren't asking him to overturn the electoral uh, slates. They were simply asking him, would you please take a recess to allow the legislatures in the states to reconsider the certifications? Now, that would have been easy. I'm president of the of the counting. I simply am saying we're going to take a recess to allow legislat- legislatures that have requested us to reconsider the slates that they have sent. Why didn't that happen? This was not a constitutional issue. He had the power to do that. Nobody asked him to change the votes. Very, very disappointing. And Louis Gohmert tried to file that lawsuit from Texas, another Texan, uh, tried to file the lawsuit in order to, uh, in order to uh, confirm that power, and Pence, Pence opposed the lawsuit. He asked that it be dismissed. Why is that? Why is that? And then the big disappointment, and I think that he's a decent man as well, Bill Barr. Bill Barr. And what did Bill Barr say after this? I mean, I'm going to give you the quote here. Bill Barr, he says, he says, orchestrating mob mob to pressure Congress is inexcusable. The president's conduct yesterday was a betrayal of his office and supporters. I ask you, uh, Mr. Attorney General, to look in the mirror. Was it not a betrayal of the country to not allow information to come out about the coup that they tried to do against Donald Trump since the beginning? Was it not uh, that information important for the election? Did we ever see the Durham report or will we ever see the Durham report or will we ever see the true evidence? Was it not a betrayal of the country not to prosecute those persons who were involved in perpetrating all that? Was it not a betrayal of the country, again, the pressure valve, to at least have an investigation into where all this fraud was taking place and make that information public so that the American people could see whether or not all these allegations of fraud in the election were were full of BS or whether or not there was some basis for it? That's all Americans were asking for. That's all they wanted to know. If Donald Trump legitimately lost the election, then so be it. But it never happened. And, and Mr. Attorney General, you guys let us down. Justice Department let us down. Intelligence agencies let us down. FBI let us down. These are all our institutions. So now I've gone over all these institutions that let us down. So what are the people to do? And what you've done is you're forcing this now they're trying to cut the head off this movement by trying to find a reason to basically uh, get rid of Trump forever from politics by the uh, 25th Amendment or this or that, uh, also impeachment again, all that kind of stuff, or indicting him in New York or whatever. But this movement will not stop. 
as long as there's there's somebody that will stand up, like Hawley or Cruz, or somebody will stand up, and and not like Lindsey Graham, who just runs for the most opportune oppor- uh, opportunity in terms of politics. One minute he's with you, the next minute he's not. One minute he's fist bumping Kamala, the next minute he's fist bumping Trump. He's gonna do a he's gonna do a hearing. Nothing ever comes of it. Nothing ever comes of any of it. Anyway. That's about all I have to say. We're going to take these calls, and I'm going to have Frank from Tennessee come on. When we come back, I'm first going to take Lisa and Rusty, and then we got B. We're running out of time, but I want Frank from Tennessee to come on uh, real quick. And I know Francis Riley has a lot to say. I should have had three hours tonight, but I'm sorry. I got to get it off my chest. Your home team for Conservative Talk Radio, KSEV 700 AM, the voice of Texas. If you think you've got it rough where you work, just imagine what it would be like if people were constantly speeding through your workplace and you were only a few feet away from cars, 18-wheelers, and way too many drivers on their cell phones. That's what it's like for workers assisting the driving public along the state's streets and highways. Here's Textot's John Barton with more. Beginning September 1st, the state law that protects first responders and tow truck drivers now extends protection to TxDOT roadside workers, too. It's called the Move Over Law, and here's what it means. If you see flashing blue or amber lights on a TxDOT vehicle that's stopped on the roadside or shoulder, you have two choices. You can either change lanes and move out of the lane closest to the vehicle, or slow down to 20 miles an hour below the posted speed limit if the road either doesn't have multiple lanes or it's not possible for you to move over. If the speed limit is 25 miles an hour or less, you simply have to slow down to 5 miles per hour. If you don't move over or slow down, you can be ticketed and receive a hefty fine. Be safe, drive smart, and give road workers some space. The COVID-19 pandemic continues to weigh on us. While we all feel helpless, remember there is much we can do to protect ourselves, our family, and friends, all of us. Simply get in the habit of wearing a mask and maintain six feet of space between yourself and others in public. Wash your hands often and stay home if you feel sick. It takes all of us to combat COVID-19. Go to cdcfoundation.org to learn more. Connect with the Chris Salcedo Show. Get that? Where'd you get that? Where'd you get that dollar from? I'm sorry. What did you say, sir? I'm sorry. What did you say, sir? I'm sorry. I didn't hear what you said. Start your mornings with the Chris Salcedo Show, seven to nine a.m. on AM seven hundred KSEV. Phone lines are open now. Call 281-558-5738. That's 281-558-KSEV. Let's go. Let's go, Steve. We need a little time. No music. Let's go. No, we can always find. You gotta saddle up your horse. You gotta draw a hard line. Bring a victory tour and long back at the local saloon we'll raise up our glasses against evil forces and whiskey for my men be for my horses okay let me just uh let me take uh lisa on line one lisa i'm sorry you had to wait so long i just had to talk i had to talk i had just had to get this off my chest go ahead hi uh this is uh hello this is frank hi lisa hey. 
I agree with everything you say. Uh, thank you for your passion. And I hate the Republican Party. Um, I'm telling you, if he starts an independent party, it, the Republican Party is done. Uh, a Patriot Party, I don't care what it is. Well, I don't care what they call it, Lisa. We need a party of Patriots, Democrats, Republicans, every kind I, I, of person. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a foreigner. I'm married. My husband is a white gentleman. Yeah, yeah, you're from oh, India, aren't you, Lisa? Yes, you're absolutely. A, you're a nurse. You called in previously on another yes. show. Yes, and I'm just saying um, my, I had to teach my husband how to be a Patriot. Yeah, well, sometimes Americans forget because we get too fat, dumb, and happy, and that's how we wound Absolutely. up. Absolutely. A hundred years of happiness. That's how we got where we are. They should. hundred years of hundred years of happiness. They should go. Oh, my, husband, my husband is the best man in the world. His family is a Republican, staunch Republicans, and they never sat on the table and just talked about politics. I understand. Lisa, I'd like to talk to you some more, but I talked so much I ran out of time. So call back next week and we'll have a bigger talk. Let me take okay. it. Let me go to the next call. Thank you so much. I appreciate you listening to us. Bye-bye. Okay, uh, Frank from Tennessee, you got any thoughts on what we've been talking about? Hey, uh, good, good afternoon, Frank. I uh, appreciate you I'm listening. sorry I talked uh, so much. I know you've been listening <laughs> from Tennessee. Well, I, I enjoy it. I would uh, I, I agree with the systematic thing that you were talking about. The, one of the things that I've often thought about, and maybe it's kind of the way I was raised, but I always thought people were uh, supposed to be a man of their word, so to speak. But I think about probably sometime in about the 1950s, 1960s area, that we voted for people to represent us, whether it be at the local level or the state level or the federal level. We voted for people. And then we sent those people to their respective offices, and we thought that they were honest people, and they thought we thought they would go up there and represent us. So we would send them up there, and then we would go back to work and forget about it, and we were doing our jobs, and we thought they were doing their jobs. And then it kind of through time, as it kind of crept up on us after about 50 years there, we looked around and we said, you know, we're voting for these people who spend $5, 6000000 million dollars getting elected to an office that pays $180,000 a year, <laughs> and they, they go up there and they forget about us. They just take care of themselves, and then they all come back home millionaires. Yeah, inc is including Dunkin' is, Donuts Joe. Yeah, but let me tell you, this is this, I was reading about Joe today. This is the secret about Joe, because I know he's an honest man and will <laughs> always tell the truth. <laughs> Joe, Joe was in the House uh, Senate. 34 years, I believe it was, 34 or 36. During that period of time, up until through 2008, he evidently is the dumbest person I've ever known because his reported net worth in 2009 when he became a vice president was $30,000. <laughs> now, now, anybody that can work until they're 68 years old and they're only worth $30,000 really needs to be running this country, you know. But then here, here's the key thing about him. After he got through being a senator and he learned to save money, he's now worth $9 million. So you think about that. It might be closer to $90 million or $100 million if we if, it's, well, it, if there was a true you, count. Maybe we should you know run what, it through the Dominion voting machine and see what happens. <laughs> 
you you know Joe. You know Joe wouldn't lie about his net. No, we'll just go with the Dominion voting machine. That's all. We'll get the real count. It might be two hundred million by the time you're done with that. Hell, I, time might, we get I might be worth two hundred million if we use the Dominion voting machine. There, there you go. But I really do believe that the uh, I believe the people need to wake up and and take a real hard look at who they're voting for for their state legislatures because the, the state is what controls our voting system. I Just agree like you more. were talking, you were talking earlier about these state representatives were wanting to have recounts and do things. You've got to have people at your state level that represent your state, and you've got to make sure that parlays on up to the federal level. That's and the only thing to, we have left, my friend. And we're going, to have to, we're going to have to figure out a way to get some type of a movement in place to let these people know, hey, if you don't represent us, we're not voting for you anymore. You can go back to whatever your job was before you went to Washington. Exactly. That's, that's, that's a move that we're going to have to get started Otherwise, we're going to find ourselves walking around at night looking up to stars. Exactly. The sky is fixing to fall. Stay on, stand so. by, Frank. Let me take another call here real quick. Rusty, you call in all the time on line two. What's up, Frank? How are you doing? Hey, Rusty. How are you? I'm sorry I talk so much and you guys don't get enough to talk to me tonight, but we'll do it. We got more weekends. But go ahead. What do you got? I'm just glad to see uh, you're here in town and you didn't get all – Arrested and caught up in that uh, stuff that was going on in Washington. There's no reason for me to go to Washington. I prefer this microphone because I can talk to more people here. <laughs> but this year is starting off crazier than last year. This year, this year is. You got the Georgia runoff turned blue. Two senators, boom, boom. You got four thousand deaths a day. No, not just two senators, my friend. Two two very very extreme uh, yeah. senators. Two newbies, but anyway, I'm sure I'm sure they'll leave office hundred millionaires too. Well, I'll, yeah, it'd be nice. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, yeah. not, it's nice work if you can get it. I'm sorry, I didn't get it. I did. I do it the old fashioned way, and I think you do too. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so uh, we. Really hadn't I hadn't heard a word about the attempted coup up there. Uh, you know what? It wasn't the uh, anti-fascist, the Antifa. Yeah, the Antifa. Yeah, these, Antifa. Yeah, these, these Antifa. were the, these were the neo-fascists that were in there. Yeah, I don't I don't know what kind of fascists they were, one way or the other, and I don't really care. All I'm saying is the problem is not that. The problem is the problem is that you had all these millions of people there and they were they wouldn't have shown up from all parts of the country in Washington, D.C. if they would have had some outlet to basically hear this grievance. Nobody should have been the should have been the, the National Guard standing. No, standing like they like they were when the, when the well, BS. That's not what I'm, brother. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an outlet. They wouldn't have all traveled to Washington D.C. if they didn't have this grievance. The grievance is nobody to this day, as we're sitting here, has addressed the questions about the election. Now I don't know what you know the, why they went because Trump invited them. Well, sure. He, he whipped them up into a frenzy and they and they stormed the house. No, well, if because nobody gave Trump an outlet for the grievance, so what are we supposed to do? Just lay, 
Are we supposed to lay down? Are we supposed to lay down and accept a fraudulent election? Well, then let's not go vote anymore. Let's just all go to Venezuela and we can eat some, uh, I don't know, mangoes or something. Well, y'all don't vote. Y'all start two or three different parties. Uh, You can do like Hillary and take a walk in the woods. I ain't taking a walk in the woods. I think there has to be an outlet. Anyway, we only got two minutes left. Let me take B real quick on line three. B, what do you got? Hi, Frank. Listen, uh, here's something you might want to do a little research on. How about if um, President Trump uh, sues Obama and Comey and a bunch of other people in the IRA, and maybe even Hillary? They'll throw it out. No, wait a minute. You didn't hear what I have to say. Uh, no, he I know was fired upon when he was a private citizen. Right. And that uh, warrant they got is tainted, as far as I'm concerned, because they lied to get it. So can he sue them for damages because his uh, civil rights are violated? He might might be able to do that. Yes, you're right about that when he was a private citizen. So technically, you're probably right. We've got one minute left, so I'm going to have to run. But technically, you're right. But I don't think that the suit would go anywhere because Donald Trump shows in court they're going to be getting rid of him. Frank from Tennessee, you got thanks, B. You got anything else to say? Well, I, I just think we're in a mess right now. I do think we need to take a deep breath. And I'm, I'm not saying a deep breath and excuse anything. I'm saying we need to take a deep breath and get organized on what we're going to do in the future. And we need to start sending people to Washington, D.C. that want to, resist, want to represent us. Thanks, Frank. And when that's all we got for this week. I wish we had more time. And my good friend Francis Riley sat here and he said, I don't have anything to say because I agree with Frank. And all of us, Fra- all three of us, Franks, uh, kind of agree on what's going on here. So maybe we ought to name the whole country Frank and have the whole legislature be named Frank. Then we'd all have everything going good. <laughs> anyway, frankly, that's Frankly Talking, and I'll catch you next week. And Facebook, thank you. KSEV. Listen us next week, like every Friday at 6 p.m. on Frankly Talking, a radio show for Texas with your host, Frank Spagnoletti.